Hello, everybody. We're back. Welcome to episode 19 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan, and as always, I'm here with my good friend, Mr. David Hogue. How are you, sir? I am doing well, and it's good to be back with you again. I, it's been a long time since we've had the been opportunity. been almost a to, month. Has it really been almost Yeah, a month? our last episode was June 9th. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I didn't realize it had been that long. So. Well, if Dave didn't have to go visit the president, then <laughs> this wouldn't have happened, so... Yes, such an important person. Well, I've never been to the White House, let alone into the West Wing, so... Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, we are we are recording live from our new secret lair. We have to come up with a cool name for it, other than Dave's Basement. That doesn't sound nearly <laughs> as exciting. <laughs> but anyways, we're here. Dave? Yes? Did you know that you version people listen to me? And made their app not stink anymore. I am aware that they updated the app, yes. I, uh, well, we all, if you've listened to those episodes, I complain about the way their app used to work and used to look and thought it was ugly and cumbersome. And then lo and behold, weeks later, they come out with a version that is so much better in every possible way. It's not as ugly. It's much easier to navigate. It doesn't <coughs> smack you in the face with information when you open it. There's still, you know, things to improve upon. But I'm glad that they listen to our podcast and that they've listened to me. That, you know, <laughs> does really good things for my pride. Yes, I like it as well. It's much more user-friendly. Um, I have noticed that... Uh, the color that I chose to use for highlighting my verses is a uh, red-pink color. Mm -hmm. And so when I've highlighted my Jesus text, oh. it's very difficult to read now. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. So if the, you know, they're listening, you need to change the color of the highlight. Or so that it's more, it has a greater contrast. Greater to the contrast, because I don't want to have to go through and re-highlight re it all myself. So. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll get right on that for you, Dave. <laughs> that seems to be a much easier fix than what they did for me. Yes. All right. So, I did mention pride, didn't I? You did. Yeah. I didn't get attacked by any she-bears, though. <laughs> so, we mentioned this last time, but because it was so long ago, I think I'll give a refresher. Uh, we talked about, back in episode 17... The story of Elisha and the she-bears that mauled lots of lots of unfortunate young men. And the statement, pride cometh before the she-bears came up. And Dave thought that would make a good t-shirt. And so <laughs> we think we should make that t-shirt because why not? Um, so if you are interested in such a t-shirt that would read, pride cometh before the she-bears on the front of the shirt, do let us know so we can make an order. Yes. Dave? How would someone let us know? How would they let us know? Ah, that is a good question. Uh, you can reach us at, uh, well, you can reach us on Twitter, and that is at MasterclassFM. Uh, if you want to email us directly, you can go to MasterclassFM at gmail.com. Uh, additionally, uh, we both have uh, our own Twitter handles. We do. So and if you want to reach Cam, that is at... Cam Brennan. Oh, it's a tricky one. Yeah. 
And then mine is at 10.8HBO. Um, we've mentioned that enough places, so uh, you should be able to find us. And then finally, uh, the show notes for this episode are at masterclassfm slash masterclass slash 19 because we are on episode 19. Oh, I just love it when it all comes together like that. Yes. All right, so last episode we talked about storing up our treasures in heaven. Yes. Did you add this to the show notes or did I? Uh, me. Oh, okay, good. Th- that's in here? Yeah, because <laughs> I was like, I don't remember putting this in the show notes. <laughs> now that we got that clarified, go ahead and uh, lay some knowledge on me, sir. Well, I, you know, uh, I think first of all, the actual verse that, that we started with, which is Matthew 25, 14 through 30, you know, it talks about rewards in heaven. And kind of as I did some research and looked into this, it's plural for a reason. It's there are uh, rewards in heaven. And uh, it's not just a reward of getting to heaven, but rewards. And not only that, but the verb uh, talks about storing up. And so in order for there to be able to store up, there's this idea of you're adding to, you're building upon. And so um, you break down that verse that we talked about with rewards in heaven. Um, that would be just based on the language that is used in that verse. It's logical to think that there's more than just a single reward, that there's rewards. And for there to be rewards, then not everybody's going to get the same reward. So there would have to be some difference. But between. that's not fair, Dave. <laughs> well, so... Um, Hank Hanegrath is a guy that does uh, the Bible Answer Man on the radio. Oh, okay. And he has uh, a website. Um, gosh, I probably should have done um, CRI Christian Research Institute, CRI.org, I think. I don't know. We'll put that in the show notes. Sorry, Hank, didn't mean to <laughs> let you down on that one. Anyway, Hank is somebody that I have occasionally listened to on the radio. You can call in, ask your questions, and um, he will give you an answer that I have never heard him give an answer that I strongly disagreed with. I think he's very uh, sound in his theology and, um, well, it really needs no endorsement from me because he has... <laughs> Plenty of people that listen to his radio show go to his website. Oh, and he's also written a ton of books that are, are very good, too. So, But anyway, he, he sort of gives this analogy, um, and so I'm going to kind of uh, take bits and pieces out of uh, what I've cut and pasted here. It talks about degrees of reward and eternity involved both in large responsibilities as well as enhanced spiritual uh, capacities. And he talks about he got an invitation to play uh, golf at uh, Cypress Point Golf Course. And as he went to do that, he began to prepare for it uh, harder than he had prepared for anything else in his life. So he says for months he beat his body into submission. He lifted weights. He worked on stretching exercises. He went to the, you know, uh, the, uh, the range and hit golf balls. And... He kind of did this with, you know, a goal in mind of getting to play uh, golf at Cypress Point. And he basically says that, you know, without the preparation that he had put into this, he would have still been able to, you know, smell the fragrance of the Monterey cypresses, feel the, fr- the fresh thing of the salt air. Uh, but all of his hard work added 
to his experience. And he believes that that is how heaven will be. Um, such as somebody that is well uh, educated uh, in music can appreciate Mozart more than the average music lover. Um, and so basically what kind of the point is, is that, you know, everybody is going to enjoy heaven. It's heaven after all. <laughs> but there is this element of, did you live life on this earth with an eye on eternity in heaven uh, versus kind of focusing on the rewards here? Um, you know, uh, quotes the, the, the scripture, do you, not run, do you not know that in a race all the runners run? but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever, which is 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 25. Um, and then, so, um, that is, uh, oh, wait, I think I may have messed up on my Bible verses there. Uh, the Bible verse that we talked about last week was actually Matthew 6, 19 through 24. Mm-hmm. The verse that I was referring to earlier, 25, 14 through 30, is the parable of the talents. And I think that's another example of, you know, um, the master gives uh, one person 10, another person 5, and another person 1, and... Uh, The person with 10 goes out and does what he needs to do, and he ends up having 10. And the guy that has five does the same thing, and he doubles his five. And then the third person only has one, takes it, and kind of buries it in the ground. And he loses his reward. That reward is actually given. And as I did some research, um, there's just a correlation between uh, that and our reward in heaven of there's going to be varying degrees of what your reward is going to be. So if people disagree on that, I would love to hear from them. We would love to hear from them. But that was kind of what my research led me to. And I don't know, do you disagree? (laughs) No, I... Maybe, maybe not. Well, I I re-listened to episode 18 earlier this afternoon in preparation because it's been so long. I totally forgotten everything that we talked about. <laughs> uh, and one of the comments that you made was that this is the case and heaven is still going to be a place where jealousy is not an issue. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to wrap my, my mind around a place and a people where there can be different rewards for different people and yet everyone is still content with what they have. Yeah. Because that doesn't exist now. Um, uh, you know, the, the place where I would say it would exist for me in my life, and I know I go to this a lot, is being a parent. You know, I'm excited for my children when they get things. I am not jealous for them that they get to do something. You know, when my daughter gets a lead in the play... I'm not like, dang it, I wanted that. Why didn't I get that chance? Now I'm picturing you as Dorothy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, someone needs to Photoshop There's no place like home. But anyway, so I think, I think there are ways. I think we, you know, I think we do get glimpses of heaven here in this life and things like that, because I think there are times where we are 
we are genuinely happy for people when they get things. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not completely, I'm not totally jealous every time somebody else gets something. Yeah, I, it, it, I was thinking more of like, uh, from a systemic standpoint. Sure, like everybody's, everybody's on the same. Everybody's on the same page as far as like, that's concerned. So it's one thing for you to not be jealous about your children, but that doesn't necessarily apply to someone who gets the promotion at work that you thought you should have got sure. or your neighbor who gets a new cease, uh, wave runner or yeah, whatever sure. the case may be. Uh, so I was, yeah, I was trying to think from the, the mass people scale of how is he going to pull that off? <laughs> like grace really must be incredible if that's, yeah, absolutely. you know, anyways, um, so I think that's good for follow up, unless you have any more nope. things to say. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna mix things up here, Dave. Okay. I'm gonna try and read the Bible. All right. I'm gonna try. Go oh, for it. I'm nervous. <laughs> All right. Our text today is Matthew chapter six, verses twenty five through thirty four, and they go like this. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." Very good. Nicely done. <laughs> All right. Shall we dive into the questions? Sure. All right. How do these verses apply to 21st century America, where most of us don't worry about our next meal or have clothes or having clothes to wear? I don't know. Well, you wrote the question. I did write the I question. I suppose that means I'm supposed yeah, to have the answer. Yeah, you're answer now. <laughs> no, I think it's an interesting question because especially for those of us that have grown up in the suburbs where, you know, affluence is pretty normal. Um, I can't... The only time I can remember being really, really worried about clothing was I really, really, really wanted a Red Wings jersey for Christmas (laughs) when I was, like, 12. And I got, like, a generic red jersey with a Red Wings cut-off T-shirt over top of it. And it was super cool, and I was pissed. I was so angry because it wasn't the Sergei Fedorov authentic nine million dollar, you know, game worn jersey that I wanted. And I was sitting there pouting and crying about why I couldn't have the Red Wings jersey that I wanted. And I look back on that now, and it's just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you spoiled little brat. But I can't think of ever being concerned about having clothes to wear. It was always mm-hmm. what clothes am I going to wear? Yeah. 
can I get the Abercrombie shirt to fit in in eighth grade, you know? <laughs> uh, or the board shorts when those are cool. I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself now. <laughs> uh, and I've never gone hungry. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. How do, how do these verses apply? I think the question that I had kind of in response to that was um, what makes our life more than clothing and more than food? Like it says, um, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And I think that kind of is maybe perhaps the the bent to take here with affluent Westerners that mm-hmm. don't worry about clothes or food or housing or transportation or luxury. Yeah. But what 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 about life is greater than food and clothing? If that does that question make sense? Yeah. I I think it's really what we've been um talking about here recently and that's just um living with uh, an eternal perspective and living with a sense of um God, you know, God is awesome and God provides. And so I think that's, you know, the big thing is, is um, allowing God to be God. Uh, Because I think that's, you know, really what, when we worry about clothing, when we worry about food, or for that matter, we worry about anything. Mm -hmm. There's, at least in my life, what implicit in that is, is God, I'm not trusting you. And I want to be in control, I want to do things my way, um, and so yeah. So I think I think just really allowing God to be God is ultimately what we're talking about here. Well, yeah, and I think that perhaps that question, how do these verses apply? If we were just to look at the first part about food and clothing, there's a difference between. I think there's a difference between worry and anxiety or being anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the people that obsess about those things, anxiety about them is a real issue. Um, you know, so for, for non, I shouldn't even say for non-Christians, for people that struggle with um, self-confidence issues or eating issues or... Um, popularity issue like there there can be a real anxiety about what clothes you wear and how you look mm-hmm. and what oh, food yeah. you eat and how much you weigh especially for women nowadays the pressure that's put on them to look and dress a certain way um, and work out and, and, and all of this stuff so I think there's that may be the unique spin for you know upper middle class and upper class westerners for this is to not have God provides the what we need. We don't need to be obsessed with our appearance. Yeah. That's not to say be a glutton, but at the same time, there's, <laughs> there's a balance between being healthy and looking nice and obsessing about your um, appearance. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, the thing that's coming to my mind is if you watch TV in the off hours what is it full of? Well, it's full of infomercials that deal with 
body image. The Ginsu knife. And then I was going to say it, <laughs> body image. And then the second thing would be food. Yeah. <laughs> like either preparing the food or slices it dices. Yeah. Or, and then even in, even in that is kind of a, you know, um, a lot of these things talk about the health benefits, the nutrition, mm-hmm. the weight loss that'll come from that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, um, being in other countries around the world, their TV is not full of weight loss and exercise and that sort of thing. So it is very much an American, <laughs> we live in excess and then we have excess about how to get rid of our excess. But so. we don't want to actually do the work to get rid of no. it. So we want a magic pill. Remember the old uh, machines where you would stand there and they would wrap the thing around you and <laughs> shake your fat and that was supposed to burn it off. I want one of those just for <laughs> just <a> novelty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we can move on to the next question. Is worry or anxiety a sin? I God would, tells us not to do it. Um, I don't think in and of themselves they are. I would say worry and anxiety are... Um, Pretty normal human uh, emotions, um, and I think really what the and I don't know. Even as I'm saying this, it, it, that even kind of breaks down of just um, yeah. Because again, I think implicit in that is that you're not trusting God to provide when you worry. It's and so I was going to say, you know, you know, I might worry about my kids' well-being or a family member that's overseas or you know something like that. Um, which again, I don't think is necessarily wrong, but I don't know. It might be. I might be talking myself into thinking it is. <laughs> well, I think it's. It's interesting because, I mean, the very first thing it says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Yeah. And <laughs> what I've always heard is that when there's a therefore in what's the Bible. What's the therefore, therefore. Yeah, yeah, what's the therefore, which this is the first time we've come across a therefore. Is it really? No, no, no. First time we've come across a therefore that is at the beginning of our little oh, section. Right, right, right. So our therefore is in response to what we talked about last week. Of building treasures in heaven, which was all about trusting God, which was all about trusting our, God, and so now are there. So therefore, since you are laying your treasures up in heaven and trusting in God for what is ultimately you won't be valuable, anxious. don't be anxious about. It. Hmm. Yeah, and so, I, well, go ahead. No, 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 no. You go. I, I think when I, when I was initially looking at is this a sin? Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe what what a what I was trying to. Well, I, well, I don't. One of the thoughts that I had was, um, you know, he he gives the examples of the birds. Clearly, they are not anxious or worried about things, but at the same time, they're not sitting around not doing anything. They still build nests. They still go get food and take it back to the nest for their. It's you know, if you, if you look at a bird, it seems like they're always working. Yeah, you know, they're, they're flying, they're doing something, they're bathing, they're... Can you blame them, though? They get to fly. How yeah, cool well, is that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I think there's I think there's a difference between worrying and I think there's a difference in in just doing uh, what needs to be done to meet our needs. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, I tacked this second part onto the first question because I really wasn't sure where I was going to land on the is the anxiety a sin? Because um, that opens up a whole can it of does. worms about folks that suffer from anxiety problems yeah. that have to, due to a chemical imbalance or abuse in their life or traumatic experiences that anxiety is a real problem for them because something has happened to them, not because, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, my, I have a daughter that has anxiety mm-hmm. and I don't it's, think it's she, a real, yeah, like she's been dealing with it at camp this week. So for her, it's a very real, so I don't want to be like, yes, being anxious <laughs> is a sin because uh, like it's, it's murky to yeah. me because I don't want to like it's to me it's more murky than the uh, adultery and divorce conversation. Like that's just like okay, that to me that's cut and sure. dry. Yeah. Um, even though that's going to offend people. The <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but be, because because anxiety anxiety can be due to control issues. Right. Like I don't trust God. I need to be in control of my life. Well, clearly there is an issue there that's not um, medical. That's mm-hmm. the spiritual anxiety. But there's this whole medical side to anxiety that is real and Very does affect so, yeah. a lot of people. And so I, I hesitate here specifically specifically because me and you both know people that struggle with this. Yeah. And I don't want to unduly put a label on something that their anxiety may not be a sin. It may just be a physiological issue that they deal with. It's not they don't trust God. It's just they can't help but feel this way because of the way that their body works. Well, and and I too at the same time I, for I think for a parent to worry about a child, I mean you can't tell a parent to not worry about a child. I mean, uh, you know, ideally you'd like to be in that place <laughs> where you're like, God, they're your child. You gave yeah. them to us. I had nothing to do with who you gave us. And well, so that brings me to my 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 kind of response sure. to your question. You put is is it is worry or anxiety a sin? And I just responded, is it a lack of faith? Because in verse 30, it says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Yeah. And so is is worrying about the basic things of life, sustenance, protection, and I guess clothing or whatever, is worrying about such basic things, not necessarily a sin, but a lack of faith in God's goodness or yeah. a lack of belief that he's going to pull through with what he's promised. Yeah. Because I think those are different things because one is doubt and one is blatant disregard for God. Mm-hmm. You know, a sin is saying, I know what you want me to do. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. Whereas doubt is, I know you said you're going to do it, but uh, are you really going to do it? Because <laughs> yeah. well, at least with doubt, there's theoretically you're engaging with what God has said he's going to do. Yes. Because I, I believe Peter stepping out of the boat when he began to sink, mm-hmm. that is one of the times where Jesus says, Oh, you have, oh, you have little faith, right? Like, come on, dude. <laughs> and so, like, I think of that and I'm like, well, 
I'm sure doubt would creep in for me there as well. Yeah, because you're not supposed to walk on water. Yeah, that's not normal. <laughs> Defies physics. But there's this element of, you know, he got out of the boat, he made the effort, and then it was kind of like, you know, he let the circumstances instead of keeping his focus. And then I think another one, I don't know, I just feel like there's like a handful of times where Jesus actually says that to people. He actually says, oh, you of little faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think of what this, like... Was one of them the feeding of the 5,000 or something like that? I don't know. I probably should have done more research on this. But I'd be curious to, to know where he where Jesus actually says that to people. And what is the circumstance? Like, are. What are, yeah, what's the context of... Um, because I have, a, I have this gut sense that it deals with doubt. Mm-hmm. That it, it does. It deals with doubt. I think it's... Uh, uh, the best way that I can sum it up is that while we believe... That Jesus is who he said he is, and we we believe that God is who he says he is, we still doubt the impact that that will have in everyday life because we see what's going on around us, and we're kind of like, are you up there saying because what you say is true is not what my everyday experience tells Mm -hmm. me because the world is full of sinful people. And so I think that allows for people that are not... um, fully mature in Christ yet to have that doubt creep up. And I don't think doubt is a bad thing. No. Um, I think it's a sign that we are trying to wrestle with what God tells us to be true and what we see the world to be like. Um, so I will I will say this. as This is where I land, so we can move on to the next yeah. question. Um, I do not think that... Uh, I will say this. I, I will affirm that Worry and anxiety about the basic things of life that God says he'll provide for us is a lack of faith. Yes. I'm still not sure I'm going to call it a sin. I would agree. I'm good with that. I may revise that in a later, but as of right now, I will say yes. Worrying about eating and being clothed and the very basics of survival is a lack of faith in God. I don't think it's a sin. And, and, and I think it's, again, I, you know, I, I think, you know, central as to being Christians and in, in living in this fallen world is sin is present in us. And to get too caught up in, is this a <laughs> sin and this not a sin? And should I do this? And should I not do this? Uh, I, I believe in, in any time we're dealing with things of whether it's a sin or not and, and lack of faith, again, the issue is not that, well, ultimately God wants better for us. You know, it's not this, I'm, he wants to catch us in something. It's not that it's, oh, you stupid sinner, you know. It's, life is better if you trust me and abide in me and relax and <laughs> sort of mm-hmm. let me be God. And um, so, you know, I, I think he he wants that for us to be, and and I just I I think about the things that I get all worked up about and that I worry about and it's such stupid stuff. I mean, it really is. And I, I when agree, I agree, your white socks are stupid. <laughs> they don't cause me a whole lot of. Yeah, <laughs> they just make me mad. <laughs> so, all right. anyway, next question, and this stems from verse twenty-seven, which says, "And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life?" 
I responded, if worrying can't add anything to our lives, why do we do it so much? You know, that, you're, that is a great question because one, why do we do it so much? And I highly doubt that there, well, there's probably very few people in this world that have no worry or anxiety. Like we all, it's true for all of us. And I even think it's true of like, it just seems like once you can maybe get past something, you find that next thing to worry about. You find that next it almost just kind of uh, consumes you. So, um, you know, I, I think my short answer is is that uh, we live in the we live in a fallen world. We're not, you know, we're built for eternity with God, and that's not fully present right now. I believe the kingdom of God is here with us, but. It's not, we're not living in, in what it was that we were designed for. And so that worry comes in. I think I, I, I kind of have a sense of uh, in the Garden of Eden when it talks about, you know, we'll toil and that we'll work and that sort of thing. I kind of have this sense of it, it became present right then and there of, um, you know, on a very real level, I, I, I believe we are designed for work, and I think we've talked about that before, that we are not designed to be lazy and do nothing. We're designed to work and work six days a week uh, and have one day off, not five and have two. But um, And that in that moment of um, the sin and, and falling and, and just all that, part of the curse is that... Uh, because when you talk about things like food and clothing, basic needs, there's it's it's sort of tied to that you've got to work to provide for yourself. So I I don't know I'm rambling on, but no 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 I you're you're I rambling on perfectly <laughs> into our next question because I think the question I asked you I asked because it was an obvious question. I don't think it has an obvious. No, answer. I don't. I either. think we could talk about that for hours. But you rambled perfectly <laughs> into this next question. If we are not supposed to worry about these things, does that mean that we can just sit back and let God provide for us? And based on what you just said, I think our answer would be no. No. And again, I go back to the example of the birds. You know, if he gives us the example of the birds, they don't worry. There's no anxiety there. But birds definitely work. It's My impression is a bird is constantly working. You know, they are just... I don't, I don't have many... Well, maybe except for ducks on a pond, there's there would be a, a leisurely duck or leisurely uh, bird activity. So, but well, yeah, because it says that you know God provides. I'm gonna go ahead and read it. Exactly. Look at the birds of the air; they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. But they're still like so. They're not. They're not uh, planting. The food that they eat, they're not no. harvesting the food that they eat. They're not storing it up. They're just day to day surviving. They are doing what they need to do every day in order to survive themselves. And then, if they have uh, babies, to provide for them and protect them. Mm-hmm. So their focus is not on, you know, what's the latest news on E. 
or TMZ <laughs> or what's the newest TV show that I have to watch or what's the newest trend that's starting. It's no, I need to eat. I need to protect myself. Yeah. And I need to make shelter. God has provided all those things for them, but they still have to go out and procure them. It's kind of like uh, the, the thought that I had was like, you know, how babies are made. Like the whole idea of the stork and the cartoons that just drops the baby <laughs> off. It's like, no, the baby's conceived and there's nine months of preparation and work and growing a human inside of the body, you know, and then there's the actual labor of delivering the child. And so it's not just like, oh, you know, yeah, God provides the child, but there is work. Yeah. Different work for the husband and the wife, obviously, mm-hmm. but there is work and preparation that needs to be done that if you don't do it, yeah, you're kind of screwed. Like you, you potentially the baby might die if you're not making sure that you're taking care of yourself while you're pregnant and you're not preparing to be parents for the first time or what the case may be. Like it isn't just the stork drops the baby off. Oh, you didn't do any work. Here's the kid. Have fun. Like, yeah. God provides that miracle to happen, but there is still work that needs to be done for us in order to prepare for what God has already taken care of. Um, And I think it's easy for people in our situation, in our, you know, socioeconomic um, class or whatever you want to call it, to just be like, well, I'm good. I'm just going to kick back and... (laughs) You know, if it happens, great. If not, darn, I'm just going to go get another beer or whatever. Like, it's easy um, to forget that we do have to work for even the basic stuff. Like, you you just moved into a new house. This new house wasn't dropped on you. This (laughs) This is years and years and years and years and years of work and saving and smart choices, you know what I mean? That has allowed you to move into a a new house at this point in your life. Like they didn't just give you the keys. Like this is, this is the result (laughs) of a long line of decisions that's gotten you to this point. You know what I mean? And I will say being fortunate and being blessed. I mean, true, but you, you did not squander what mm, you were given. Sometimes we did. (laughs) I'm saying it's a general trend. (laughs) Work with me. I'm trying to make you look good. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And and it's just interesting because as you were saying that, uh, again, I've mentioned before, I'm a police officer. And um, I do see people that live kind of sort of in that realm of, oh, it'll just be provided. And I don't have to work. And um I don't know. I just, I guess I'm kind of, I just sort of was struck of the, um, that doesn't seem like that would be very fulfilling. That does not seem like, like, I. No, but when you're entitled, you can play the victim when you don't get what you expect. Yeah. So, I mean, either way they win because either they get what they're entitled to or they're the victim and you should feel bad for them and then they can get what they want because they've been, they've been wronged. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it makes me so mad. But, you know, and I don't know, I'm just, I guess I'm just sort of just having that realization of just um, God's design in everything. And that is certainly not a part of his design. Of no, just, entitlement has no <laughs> place in the kingdom of God. Yeah. None whatsoever. No. If, if you can 
find entitlement in the Bible, then please tell me because I've not found it anywhere. <laughs> um, but moving on, sure. I think we're, we're yeah, going yeah. to good pace. Yeah, I think, I think we, we're good. All right, last question. How can we apply verses 33 and 34 uh, now, right now, you know, mid-2015? And those verses, um, for the listeners, say, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I, I think... Again, time and again, we're coming back to this as, as we do the podcast, or at least I, I do, is um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So just putting God first in our lives. And I, I believe very much that that is more than just a 10-minute quiet time to start your day. You know, it's not just a, okay, I did my God time, now I can go do what I want to do. I think it is truly, um, in every moment throughout the day, having a sense of, God, I want to do what would glorify you. What is the right thing to do? Do I believe that there's only one right choice? No. I don't, I don't think that there's this, I don't want to come across as there's only, you know, God has this very strict path that we're supposed to follow and we got to make the right choice and everything. But I think there's this, this heart of just living for God uh, versus living for ourselves, and by no means do I do that. Um, but I believe I am trying to put him at that center, and and you know, say God, I I want to have decisions that glorify you, that honor you. Um, you know, there there are are things essential to who God is. You know, telling the truth is always better than telling a lie. And it's, you know, so that's one of those things of just, you know. That reminds me of when the Israelites are coming back in and that lady lies to the people about the one on the roof. and Rahab. Yeah, winds up saving her family. Yeah. But she lied. Oh, my. (laughs) Intrigue. And yet she was honored and rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. So, um. And again, yeah, because, you know, so as a basic principle, telling the, you know, I, I know day in and day out, as a basic rule, it is better for me to tell a truth than to tell a lie. One, life is just easier when you tell the truth because you don't have to remember the lie that you told. It's just <laughs> easier that way. Uh, two, you know, things don't seem to quite get as crazy and convoluted and the, you know, what is it you, yeah weave a web of lies or whatever. But again, if you start saying that telling the truth is the most important thing, well, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is to glorify God and to honor him. And I do believe there are times where God calls us to go, I'm going to honor him because he's bigger. I'm not going to honor truth because truth is what's important, but it's him and so there are probably those times where we go, okay, I'm going to choose to do this, but my motivation behind it is not, although did, did Rahab do it to make her life better? I think she did, didn't she? I don't know. I follow up next week. We'll have to follow up. 
but what's sort of our motivation? Am I doing it for others? Am I doing it for God? Uh, because I do think, personally, my definition of sin is its selfishness. You know, if I am doing something for selfish motivations, selfish reasons, ah, there's probably a pretty good chance that what I'm doing is is sinful in nature. So, um, and I'm... So anyway, verses 33 and 34, seek God first, <laughs> is one of the things that we can do. That's what it says in the verse, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I had a thought. I'm going to try and remember it. Oh, this is awkward radio silence. You can edit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not anymore. Um, oh, man. This is really bad. I can't remember what I was going to say. Like, the obvious, yeah, the obvious answer is, oh, I got it. The obvious answer, you know, read your Bible, pray <laughs> every day, right? And no one wants to hear that because they expect some sort of different answer. So I'm going to give you a different answer. Oh. Here's what I want you to do. If you want to know how to seek God first in his righteousness and to not be anxious about tomorrow, I want you to write down your role in your family, what you do for work, and that might be the same thing if you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad. And then I want to write I want you to write down what role you have with your friends. And then in those categories, I want you to write down the ways in which you can glorify God every day. So that may be, uh, you know, doing your quiet time in the morning. That may be treating that coworker who's an absolute, you know what, with a bit more dignity and respect. Because guess what? He does bear the image of God, whether or not he realizes it or not. <laughs> so, yes, we want you to read your Bible. Yes, we want you to pray. Yes, we want you to be involved in a church that preaches the Bible. But these are very practical ways that you might go, oh, here is a way in which I can glorify God as a parent. Here is mm -hmm. a way in which I can glorify God as the goofball in my group of friends. And you might come up with interesting things that you hadn't really thought about before. Yeah. So that's my two cents. There you go. One of the things that I feel like God has been working on me is blessing other people. And especially blessing other people that make me mad <laughs> and that I don't like. So I've been trying to bless people that I would normally have road rage with and bless, bless the people you. that tell me what a you know uh, low life cop I am and things like that. Oh boy, there's a phone ringing. You have a house phone? We do have a house phone, in which, by the way, we've given it to nobody. And we probably get 10 or 12 calls every day. <laughs> this is totally staying in the show. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're traveling back to 2004. <laughs> it's a dark time. Well, when you have a handicapped kid, we decided that we should probably have a house phone. That's fair. Why so, did it make me feel like a jerk, Dave? <laughs> well, we didn't have one at the other house. Okay. And we came to that realization of like, oh, we should probably have a phone that he can just dial 911 and then... It's connected to, you know, because Enhanced 911 tells them our address. Oh, clever. A cell phone does not does do not. that. That's true. And so until cell phones have that ability, hmm. um, that's why we have a landline. Well, on that bombshell, <laughs> life lessons here at the Masterclass, guys. <laughs> I think it's time to bid our dear listeners goodbye. All right. It's been fun. Went by yes. fast as always. And we will be back soon, I promise. Yes. <laughs> Take care. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.